Hello and welcome to the Doctor Who Show, where in this edition of our Alternate Galaxies, we are doing a review of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Avengers Endgame. And to do this, I've been joined by Richard. Richard, how are you? Hello, thanks for having me back. So, Richard, there's two reasons why we're doing this review as part of the Doctor Who show. Part of it is because I think there is quite a decent overlap between fans mm-hmm. of the MCU and fans of Doctor yes, Who. Yes, I think so. And the other is, we just really enjoy this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, we thought if we're going to chat about it, why not turn the mic on? Indeed. And just have a, uh, have a conversation that listeners you may enjoy as well. So, we'll start off with a few general comments before we get into spoiler territory. And we'll yep. get a very clear spoiler warning before we do because let's face it you you should not see this movie spoiled no no i totally agree with that are you a particular fan of the mcu richard i am i have seen i think pretty much all of them there's a couple i think i either haven't seen or sort of saw you know on tv or whatever so i probably haven't actually had the big screen experience with but no i've been there for pretty much the whole 10 years yeah, likewise, I've seen most of them. There are some I've missed. Mm. And there are some that I've seen, you know, on a plane or on Netflix. Yeah. I've only seen half of Doctor Strange because I turned that one off, <laughs> got to admit. <laughs> but particularly as these things have built up, basically since Avengers was when I really got hooked. Well, I think it's really in the last, what what they call phase three, I think really where they, they've hit the accelerator. Absolutely. And, and most of that phase I haven't missed. I've made a point mm. of seeing sort of the yep. background the cinema. And look, for the most part, I enjoy them. There's a, there's a couple of weak ones in there. I, mm-hmm. I said Doctor Strange. I think I'm not saying anything particularly out of the ordering by saying Thor 2 was uh, not my favourite, even though it has got the great Christopher Eccles to it. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, it has. Yeah, that, 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 that's the movie you do for the money. Well, then you go and do the weird character flick. <laughs> what did you make then? Spoiler free, just overview. What did you make of Endgame? I really enjoyed it. Look, I mean, I think every commentator says, look, it wraps up 10 years of movies and 20-plus movies, so... 22 movies, yeah. Yeah, it's got a lot of heavy lifting to do. Yes. Um, and it's got a lot to do pack into the three hours. But I thought it did a really, really good job of bringing it home. I agree with that as well. I mean, we, we both really enjoyed this film. You're right. Given that it had to do so much, it does it incredibly mm. well. Yep. But to still be, in turns, very funny... Very engaging and very poignant. Yeah. It is a big deal. I thought it was slightly weaker than Infinity War. And I'll talk about why later on, because we need to talk about the spoilers. But let's be fair, I'm talking about an A versus an A+. Yeah. I mean, look, there are probably some quite unexpected moments in this one. Yes. Without being spoilery. I thought it did a really good job. Look, pretty much everybody gets something to do. Yes. They get their little moment. As a movie, I think it stands up on its Mm. own. Do you think you could see this without seeing at least a good number of the previous ones? Look, you'd certainly obviously need to have seen Infinity War. Yes. I would suggest maybe go and watch Ant-Man and the Wasp if you've not seen that before going to see this. I think that's one you really have to see. Captain Marvel as well. Yeah, yes, true. Um, Which I must admit I really enjoyed. Yeah, and and maybe Thor 3. Thor Ragnarok as well, which is one of my favourites. That's a really good film. It is. That's a lot of fun, that one. Yeah, Taika Waititi did a very good job with that. (laughs) And it was, I don't think this is a spoiler, it was good to see Korg back on this one. Yes, it was. Hey, bro. (laughs) 
Look, it's broke. <laughs> on that note, we I think should probably move into our spoiler territory. We'll bring so, the spoiler blind down. Big yeah. spoiler warning. Do not proceed down here if you are. Uh, we actually need Tom Holland, really, don't we, we to come Holland. in? If you haven't seen Avengers Endgame yet, stop watching because there's some serious spoilers about to come up. But if you have seen Avengers Endgame, enjoy them. So, look, Richard, I don't really have any big structure to this. We don't want to sort of work through it in an analytical way no. or anything. I just want to talk about, first of all, the stuff we really enjoyed, mm-hmm. maybe a couple of the weaker points we want to identify, and then just a few sort of implications of it all. Yep. Let's start with the opening 20 minutes, because let, let me say, I walked into Endgame kind of thinking I knew kind of what was going to happen. I suspected that the quantum realm that they'd conveniently discovered between Infinity War and Endgame in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp would have some role in the in the resolution yeah. of the plot. I didn't get what it was, and I didn't correctly mm-hmm. guess what it was, but I thought that would be in there. I thought it was going to be a movie about tracking down Thanos, killing Thanos, reversing the snap, or, or something yeah. like that. And I thought that the introduction of Captain Marvel, she wasn't going to be the one that necessarily got Thanos, but she would be like the X Factor yeah. that got him over yep. the top. I think there was a fair bit of stuff floating around sort of online when the Captain Marvel movie was announced that, you know, her powers as, as sort of shown in the comics would be sort of story-breakingly powerful. Yes, and I'm, I'm really pleased with how they dealt with that. We'll talk yeah, about and that I have to on. say, they actually, yeah, jumping a bit, they did use her, I thought, really well in this. Yes, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit more depth, yep. but... We saw the post credit scene in Infinity War was mm-hmm. Nick Fury with the Captain Marvel beeper. Yep. We then saw the, the post credit scene in Captain Marvel was her mm-hmm. arriving at Avengers headquarters. Yeah. And so we, we start with Captain Marvel now part of the Avengers or working mm-hmm. with them. And they very quickly go and they find Thanos. And within 20 minutes, he's been killed. Yeah, that really came out of nowhere, particularly the moment where they actually killed him because they sort of, you know, he tells them he's destroyed the stones and whatever. And then it's very much a case he's clearly about to open his mouth and say something else. And then suddenly, just out of nowhere, wham! Yes. Um, he gets his head lopped off. Yes, Thor went for the head. Yes. And, yeah, I know as, as somebody who sort of kind of thought he knew what the beats of this movie would be, mm. it was a really good moment because suddenly it's like, I don't know where the hell yeah. this movie goes. Like, what do they do now? Mm. They've killed Thanos. Yeah. And then Thor you know, walks away, fade to black, and we get the five years later. And the cinema I was in, so just to say, yeah. I, I saw it in a packed cinema the day this came out. Yep. And when the five years later slide came on, there was an intake of breath. But people yeah. were just like, okay, this is not going to be undone instantly. This has implications. Yeah, again, much the same where I saw it. And I saw it the following day, so on Anzac Day in the afternoon. And the place I went to was absolutely packed to the rafters. Yeah, the cinema I saw it in was one of the biggest cinemas in Melbourne, and mm. every session that day was sold out. And yeah, the, the audience were really involved uh, mm. in the screening I was in. And yes, that was a sort of a <gasps> moment. And I like it because it actually raises the stakes even further from Infinity War. Mm. It's not this sort of comic book thing of, okay, we've wiped out half the population. Oh, and they're back again. It's like, no, no, we're living in a world where this has happened. Yeah, and and you get to see, really, and, and we're probably leaping forward a bit, but you do get to see that, you know, there are areas that are just deserted. There's missing posters up everywhere. The memorial to the, the guy. Yeah. Like, that was a really powerful moment mm. that I just wasn't expecting. That's really good. And so it does make this a very different movie, I think, to what anybody expected. Yeah. And that, that's a real strength of it. The use of the quantum realm, as I said, the way that it was introduced in Ant-Man and the Wasp, deliberately between these two mm. movies, I thought that that can't be a coincidence. Now, there was a big fan rumour going around that 
actually all the people who vanished after the snap were in the quantum universe. Right. And that they, maybe right. that was going to be the solution, but it, it clearly wasn't. And so they went down the whole time travel path. They did. I'll, I'll just, uh, just before you do that, um, and I know other commentators have picked up on this, that rat in the story locker <laughs> really deserves a lot of credit. <laughs> because without that rat, none of this would have happened. No, that the rat who saved humanity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good. So, yeah, what did you make of all the time travel aspects of this? It, it was very interesting in the days after the movie, just reading a lot of the theories and that that were floating around. I did really like the bit where they systematically go through and debunk every time travel movie that there's pretty much ever been. Yes. And, and you know, culminating in the line, what, you mean Back to the Future's all b-? <laughs> I thought that was really, really well done. And I must admit, it was almost in the territory of Austin Powers 2, where, where Basil Exposition just comes and gone, look, don't think about it too hard, just enjoy the movie. Yeah. If I travel back to 1969 and I was frozen in 1967, presumably I could go visit my frozen self. But if I'm still frozen in 1967, how could I have been unthawed in the 90s and travelled back to, oh no, I've gone cross-eyed? I suggest you don't worry about this sort of thing and just enjoy yourself. That goes for you all, too. But having said that, and look, I probably had formed my own ideas of where I think it might have gone, but I think now, leaping forward a bit, and having now seen the trailer for Far From Home, I think I'm probably reserving judgment a little bit because I, I suspect we're going to find out more once that movie drops and, and we probably get a bit more of an explanation, really, as to what actually happened. Yeah, I was very pleased that they did do all that debunking and, mm. and didn't go down the whole Sound of Thunder butterfly effect. <laughs> sort of path where you, you do this and none does this and it changes yep. that. I don't think that would have been fun. Look, it is a bit convoluted, I think, what is actually going on a couple of times in the movie and how the actions they have will affect the bigger picture. Yeah, so to give an example of that, let's just use the very solid example of Thor's hammer. Yep. Now, in the continuity so far, Thor had his hammer in, in a linear yep. fashion. He then got to Thor Ragnarok where it was destroyed. Yep, that's right. And he no longer had the hammer in... Infinity War. No. In Endgame, he goes back into his own past. While he's there, he collects the hammer from the past Mm -hmm. and has it with him for the rest of the movie. But presumably, the intervening movies unchanged and Thor still has them and it's still destroyed in Ragnarok. So there are now effectively two hammers going down two time streams. Well, and that's the thing, I guess, because they they make the point in the movie and, and there is that scene where Bruce Banner or the Hulk is talking to the Ancient One where they talk about putting the stones back at exactly the right moment where yes. they were taken. Now, at the end of the movie, Cap has Yolnir and he's, well, I'm assuming he's clearly going to go and take it back to, to Asgard and drop it off or do something, which in turn raises questions because if he puts all the stones back, does putting the soul stone back suddenly mean somebody gets resurrected? Yes, and, and how did that conversation with Red Skull go? Yeah, yeah well, indeed, yeah. <laughs> hey, I remember you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know you, you're a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, indeed. And so I think there is still a bit of stuff to be teased out there. And, and as I said, I suspect we may well get some of that over the next few movies. But they do also then make the point about when you change something, obviously it then creates a new alternate version of that time stream. All of which is basically a way of saying we can have our cake and eat it too. Pretty much. And just enjoy the movie. Having said all that convoluted stuff, and, and look, there is obviously a couple of theories around what happens during the, each of the three snaps. 
Yes. Particularly, probably the last one Tony Stark does. Yes. I have seen theory, obviously, that, that Thanos never happened. Um, another theory that, no, all he does is he just puts Thanos back into his right place in the time stream. So it still goes on. Um, okay, yes. Which, which yep, I must yep. admit was where I was kind of leaning towards myself because Tony Stark says his price for being involved in this is his future does not change. Mm. He actually comes out of it fairly well. Pepper Potts is still alive. They clearly now have a daughter. And he's actually, you know, maybe not happy, but you know, he's actually found the life for himself yes. post-apocalypse. And his, obviously, deal is that, that he, he's not going to undo that as part of this. So he has to really select a future where that still happens. So the other thing about the time travel is that, look, they do have their cake and eat it. They, mm. they, they get to just have fun. It does allow for a very long walk down memory lane. Yes. So you do get those moments where you get to go back to classic moments of films. You get to see stuff happening in Avengers with Loki. Yep. Uh, you get Tony Stark able to meet his dad, you know, going home to celebrate the, his yep. wife's fallen pregnant with the kid will be Tony. Which I guess in some ways is probably, you know, a natural end to his arc. He gets to have that moment where he not reconciles with his father, but he at least gets to have the scene where he and his dad, or he comes to an understanding probably of what his father it was about. Yeah, that was a really nice moment that if you told me 10 years ago that a comic book movie would have a moment like that in it, mm. I wouldn't have believed you. Mm. And that's really what the MCU has done very well, is being able to yep. put moments like that into what is a bunch of superheroes fighting a cartoon villain. Basically. But I think after all that, whatever you say about the rest of the time travel... I think the stuff at the end with Steve Rogers, I think that is very much to shut up and enjoy the moment, really. Yeah. He has got his happy ending now. Very, very much so. Let's talk then about... Actually, no, it would have better do second Thanos first. Yeah. So once we have the time travel, that allows Thanos back into the film mm-hmm. because it's actually past Thanos yep. who works out what's going on and decides he needs to stop this. So mm-hmm. Amy Pond brings him back. One theory I have seen there is that Thanos himself doesn't actually time travel in that movie. So once he knows what's going on and that in 2023, all he does is he just sits there and twiddles his thumbs basically until 2023 and he just space travels, not time travels. Okay, now this is Um, something where I I need to see the movie again because I thought that Karen Gillum or Nebula or Amy Pond, whatever you want to call her, there's a moment when she actually goes back to that um, Tony Stark's portal yes. and says something like prepare the way for him or something. Yes. And I, I thought that was basically her bringing the ship through. Well, certainly that's what happens, but I think they also have the thing that they're getting, they're out of pin particles, I think, by that point. So, okay. I, again, it's one I'd have to watch again. Yes. Probably to see exactly what's happening there because Captain America grabs the extra pin particles yes. uh, when he's back in 1970. But they've really only got the ones for her and War Machine to jump forward and then make the trip back. So what is very effective here is that, again, it plays with your expectations of the movie. Mm. Because they do assemble the stones together. Mm-hmm. Hulk then does the snap. Yep. And you look at your watch at that point and you go, there's an hour to go. And he's just he's just done what I thought would be the final thing. You know, he's just undone yeah. the snap. And I love the way that they play it as well. It's not this big sort of change or this big thing or suddenly people just appear around them it's like well well, did it happen and then they see more wildlife out there and that sort of implies that actually well if there's more wildlife then Mm. that's all come back and something's gone on but then thanos is back so we actually do get thanos for the big end of end of movie battle anyway the big climactic battle yeah Yeah. 
Well, what is essentially, let's face it, the mother of all battles, really, because it's every character is involved. It is. So let's talk about a few bits in there. Before we do, I just want to make a particular comment, as I foreshadowed earlier, about Captain Marvel, particularly because there was a lot of talk online about the way she would be used. Yep. Uh, there are a lot of people who were very concerned that she would either be underused yep. or that she would come in and save the day and all these beloved characters we've worked on for 10 years, you know, Captain America, yep. Thor and Iron Man, that they would not basically be the heroes no, of their own she movie. Was, she was just too powerful. And, yep. and I thought they, they struck the balance really mm. well. She's the one at the start of the movie that helps them to find Thanos, get there, and, and effectively she's the one that holds him down for Thor to take him out. Yep. And so that worked well. Then she's like, I've got five years to hang around here, guys. I'm, I've got a whole galaxy to save. And presumably goes off and has Captain Marvel, Captain yep. Marvel 2. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but then when she's back, they allow the other characters to start the battle. She comes in and does a couple of really cool things. She takes out Thanos' ship. She then gets her own moment with Thanos where she's beating him. But then that very cool moment when he takes the stone out, uses yep. it to you know, basically go big punch on her yeah. and, and smash her out of the movie. That's right, really. You don't really see her again after that. No, so she gets to play an important part, but she's mm. not the deus ex No, that, that resolves everything. Yeah, no. so I thought it was a really good balance and a really effective use of Captain yep. Marvel. So let's get into the final battle. As I said, that first snap is very well done, and it comes out of, not out of the blue, but it's not where you think it's going to be. Mm. And so that's really good. Uh, we then basically just get them taking off very cool moments for about 40 minutes. Well, it is, and it's just everybody, you know, you get the ultimate team up, really, as everybody starts arriving through portals. Yeah. Now, the moment where Captain America wields the hammer, <laughs> yes, that got the... Biggest cheer of the yes, night in my did. cinema. Yes, it where I was too. And, and that, again, if you're just somebody who's watched this movie or maybe Infinity Wars mm. in this movie, it's a very cool moment. If you're somebody who has been a fan of the MCU for a long time and goes back to that moment at the end of, I think it's Avengers 2. Yeah, it's, it's um, after the first battle in Age of Ultron where they're all sitting around having a quiet drink and, yeah. and can anybody move the hammer? And, and, and Captain America is the one who can make it move a little yep. bit. Yep. And, and Thor just says that, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. okay. But that's, that's paid off. Yep. It's just a little thing. Yeah, and look, they also again get to make the joke. You know, he's sitting there with both of the weapons at one point and Thor says, no, you get the small one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having the big spack axe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and of course, look, you get some nice touches. You get the, the moment where Falcon comes back in. He's like, look to your left, Steve. Yep. And, and he's back. You get the portal opened and through comes Black Panther or, or Maligua, if you're a Kevin Smith fan. <laughs> <laughs> and... Basically, as I said, it is the ultimate team-up. Everybody's back. Yeah, and that was a moment when I must admit, I did just pause in the cinema and, you know, I didn't sort of you know, cry or get choked mm. up or anything, but there, there was just a moment of, like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, this this is very, very yeah. And this is the battle we've probably been waiting 10 years for. Absolutely. And as you said, everybody gets something to do. We get the Avengers Assemble moment, mm -hmm. which, again, if you want to talk long-term plans... There are some fans, you know, maybe at the end of Avengers, you thought, oh, we should have had the Avengers assemble. You know, we wanted it there. Or maybe in Age of Ultron, oh, we would have wanted Avengers. No, no, we really wanted it here. Like, yeah, yeah. They've made us wait, and they've got the Avengers assemble moment. Yep. And uh, it really did pay off. <laughs> and as the battle goes on, there is that sort of sense of, well, how are they going to make this work? 
all the heroes have turned up, but the battle is still really... Thanos is still winds up in charge of the gauntlet again. Absolutely, and his, his you know, forces of darkness, or whatever you want to yeah. call them, clearly outnumber the forces of mm. good and the, the Avengers assembled. And they just so effectively turn up the tension whilst giving everybody a moment. You know, Spider-Man gets a moment, Valkyrie gets a moment... Doctor Strange gets a yep. moment. All of these characters. Black Panther gets a moment. There's that really cool shot where for a universe that did copper some you know, fairly reasonable criticism about lack of good women characters for a mm. long time and DC really beat them to the punch with um, Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Yep. For them to sort of have that moment where all the women characters are in there with the one scene they go, we've got this. I just thought that was a really cool mm. moment. But then we do just build up to this moment of how the hell did they get out of this? Thanos has the gauntlet, mm. and then I can visualise it still now, that moment of Iron Man looking across to Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange just putting up the finger, the one. Yep. And again, the fans just know he means that's the one chance we yep. had. And I didn't know it at the time, but looking back, you now see that that was Strange's way of saying to Tony Stark, mm. you've got to do this it. This is your moment. This is yep. your moment, and no, no, there is no alternative. This is the one. Yep. Uh, look, we're praising this movie really well, but hey, it was a great movie. It was a great movie. Again, as an audience member sitting there and watching Thanos do the I'm Inevitable, snap his fingers and go, oh, what are they? And then it doesn't work. And then just looking across, Tony Stark's got the gauntlet, he's got the stones, I am Iron Man, and he does the snap. Yep. And that's just the why I just did not see that coming. No, and that really is the ultimate end, really, of, of his arc. Um, and yes. it's a great end to his arc, too. It is. And, and you, you don't immediately know what that second snap is. I guess mm. it's the third snap if you've taken both movies. But... You don't really know what it is, but then you see Thanos' forces slowly disappearing. Mm. And again, I thought it was really classy the way they gave Thanos' last moments, where yep. they don't try and do anything cheesy, they don't try and do anything melodramatic. No, he doesn't get a big speech or anything, no. No, nothing like that. Just this look of utter defeat. And then he just sort of accepts his fate mm. and just sits down and fades away. Fades away, yeah. Yeah. Uh, really powerful. Then we do get probably the most powerful moment of the movie, which which is the death of Tony Stark. Mm -hmm. Look, I must admit when Spider-Man lost it, look, you know, I didn't burst into tears, but there, yeah. there was a lump in my throat. My my <laughs> cold heart did uh, did beat a little faster at that. Yeah, look, I mean, he had, because he had the moment earlier in the movie where he looks at the picture, you know, Peter Parker and thinks, well, that's what I've lost. Yeah. And that's what I let happen. And it's good. They do get to have their final moments together. Yep. And then, of course, obviously, more importantly, in comes Pepper Potts. Yes, and they, I'll give you permission. Yep. Yeah, that was really lovely done. And again, Tony Stark doesn't get a, a dramatic or cheesy speech. He, he, I mean, he's... On his way out. He's really. on his way out. Like he's, he's really stuffed. Mm. And he's on his way out. And it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just a lovely moment. Of course, after we have the, the really powerful moment of the final moments of Tony Stark, we then go into what is really the obligatory... 15, 20 minutes um, yes. of saying goodbye to everybody and setting up clearly what's going to happen next. Yes, now apparently that funeral was actually filmed with all the cast members there. Right. That, that's not composite, that's not trick. They were all on location and they all did that together. That's, that's really cool. They got them all together for a day. That's, yeah. That's really good. Apparently. So that's effective. We then have to wrap up Captain America's arc. Yes. Now, a lot of people speculated that he was also going to die in this movie mm. but instead they pull the rug out from under you 
I didn't see it coming until the moment where they didn't pull him back from the time portal, yeah. at which point I instantly knew where this had gone. Mm-hmm. And when they yeah. cut away to the, the guy sitting on the bench, I was like, yep, I know where this is. Yeah, and, and again, I suppose, feeding into the time travel stuff, there is probably a, a, again, I think this one was very much a just shut up and enjoy this. Oh, yeah. But you do have to raise, well, if he went back and he lived with Peggy Carter in the past, did he just hide? Did, is he from an, is that an alternate timeline and he somehow managed to find his way back into this one? Yeah, I like to think of him as basically retiring mm. and saying, look, I've, I've done my bit and now I'm going to have the life I didn't get to have. Yep. And yeah, I think that's a really lovely ending for him. You, of course, get the moment where he hands the shield over. Yes, and, and Falcon is obviously now the new Captain America. And there is the moment where he offers it to Falcon and Falcon looks at Bucky and Bucky's like, no, yeah, take, you know, it. take it. It's 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 right. So yep. you know, that the fans won't feel that you know the wrong decision was made. <laughs> and look, there are implications for that that we'll talk about. But again, I think it was a really good choice that Iron Man gets a dramatic death. He mm. he gets that kind of an exit, yep. and Captain America all gets an equally poignant but different exit. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that it's stronger for that. Yeah, I think having probably killed them both off, I think actually would have been a mistake. Yes, I, I think so too. So having praised that movie for about 20 minutes, uh, I just wanted to talk about a couple of maybe weaker moments from my point of view. No, there were none. (laughs) (laughs) No, okay, go on. One thing I will say is I didn't think it sagged a bit in the middle. The stuff where they're time-travelling, look, I get they had to do it all. Mm. I get they had to go back and and get each gem, but there was a part where I was watching the movie and I sort of thought, okay, I get it. Can we move to the next bit? Would that have been a cheat, though, if they'd have just suddenly, oh, we see him getting, say, four of the stones, and, oh, hey, look, we just got the other two, and you didn't see it? Look, absolutely. I think that it had to happen, Mm. but I still think that it did weigh down the middle part of the movie. Yeah, look, I I was probably a little bit the same. Probably particularly, I think, where they had the fight at the end of what was obviously meant to be the end of the first Avengers movie. And we go through all the stuff with the Hydra agents. We go through Loki getting the Tesseract and, and just beaming out. That probably bit felt a bit long. Yeah. Thinking back about it now, particularly. Yeah. And the other weak point that I'll mention is I thought that Stark's recorded speech at the end mm. was incredibly redundant and actually unnecessary. Now, I, I get what they were going for cinematically, that the movie starts with him doing a if you see this, I'm dead speech, and yep. it ends with an actual, you know, you're yep. seeing this because I'm dead speech. I get that, but I thought Stark's death was so poignant and so silent and meaningful that then having him give a eulogy to himself, I just thought, <laughs> I just thought it didn't need to be there. Mm. And so that's why I talk about it being slightly weaker, like an A to Infinity Wars yep. A+. Plus. The other advantage, of course, that Infinity War has is you walk out of that movie, the snaps just happened, we've had a Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good, Thanos has won, he's gone to sit and watch the sun fall over. A thankful a, universe. A thankful yep. universe. And, and you walk out of that going, I need to see what happens yes, next. Yes, exactly. I want to know where this is going. Whereas you walk out of Endgame going, I'm extremely satisfied with what I just saw. Mm-hmm. And so inevitably, I think Infinity War feels stronger. Well, you know, it is better to travel than to arrive. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So look, but, but as I say, it's an A versus an A+. Plus. Any weak points from you, Richard? Yeah, look, again, probably the stuff in the middle. I mean, look, I, I guess going through and seeing everyone get the stones, look, we get to have probably the couple of discussions we need to have, like Bruce Banner talking to the Ancient One. We get to have the nice moment with Tony Stark and his father. Mm-hmm. Steve Rogers obviously gets to see Peggy Carter on the other side of the window. You then obviously get the, the, the scene where Hawkeye and Black Widow 
um, are, are sort of trying to outdo each other to who's going to sacrifice themselves, which I thought in some ways was quite powerful. Look, he's lost his entire family, so he really feels he's got nothing to live for. He is quite ashamed of what he's become. Clearly, he's just become this, this, this mindless killer. Yeah, and interestingly, again, a lot of fans thought that Hawkeye was going to die in this, mm. partly because he's sort of the more expendable member of the Avengers. <laughs> um, but that was a real moment when Black Widow dies. And yeah. like, like, dies in a real sense mm. that you could have heard a pin drop in the audience. Indeed. I mean, look, you go through the whole thing where she really has got nothing left to live for either. You know, her family, if you like, has been taken away from her. Mm. Yeah, and indeed, that was yeah, there was that sort of, wow... She is actually dead. Uh, yes. And look, a criticism my brother-in-law actually made to me about it is, look, he understood why Hulk was kind of out of the final battle, but he would have liked to see a bit more Hulk smash in the final battle. <laughs> which, which look, I get. Yep. Probably one other note I did have, and, and look, it is a minor quibble. I thought the fat thought joke was probably overplayed. I get the idea that, look, he obviously felt he'd failed. He had the moment, opportunity to kill Thanos at the end of the first movie and, and didn't do it properly. Yes. He, he, he made the wrong call. Yep. And because of that, half the population of the universe was wiped out. And, and then really, he probably again makes the wrong call when they've actually got Thanos pinned down on the ground. He kills him for no reason, really. And I, I get that he's obviously, you know, he just retreats into, into a beer-soaked seclusion. Yeah, I really liked the way they set up New Asgard. Yep. And I really did enjoy those first scenes where you see Thor, and again, it subverts your expectation. Korg is back. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and he's there, you know, <laughs> he's there threatening some kid over a Fortnite game or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought in some ways they would have taken a slightly more dramatic tone with it, that he really just feels unworthy and that he feels... But really, it's it's played for laughs a lot of the way through the movie. And look, there are some nice jokes, but... There are some nice jokes. I agree with you, though. I was over them by about the halfway point. Yeah. And that said, though, again, he gets his more ambiguous exit. Mm. He gets to go off with the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's sort of not clear, well, is he now part of the Guardians, or will they just sort of drop him off somewhere and go have their movie and he'll have his another movie yeah. or whatever. But yeah, that, that was that was nice. Highlights from the film. Well, I think Cap wielding the hammer, yes. uh, as we said, that really was probably the, the big yeah moment in the cinema I was in. Mm-hmm. That raised a really big cheer. Probably in terms of big moments, look, I think the final battle and the, def- the Avengers look like they're defeated and then suddenly the portals open and yes. you know, our, our in comes the cavalry, basically. Yes. That was a real, yeah, moment, I think, as well. Other than that, though, it was probably more the unexpected twist in the story that got me. Again, as we said, killing Thanos 20 minutes in. Yep. That was just real like, oh, wow. I think, again, uh, Black Widow dying as well. I think that was a really like, oh, my goodness, actually, she is actually gone. Yeah. One thing I did note with the deaths, though, Aside from one mention at the funeral, they don't mention Vision in this at all. I noticed that. I didn't care because Vision's <laughs> not exactly my favourite character. But <laughs> yeah, no, I noticed that as well. Like Vision, there was no mention of Vision. You know, didn't write a mention at all. No, there was no, I couldn't get him back or anything like that, yeah. No. So what about you? Uh, look, all the, all the ones that you mentioned, and again, I have to mention um, the final snap. Yep, that was really well done. The way that Captain Marvel was using this was was a mm. big plus for me. But again, as I said, the moment of really genuine emotion when Spider-Man breaks down about Tony Stark. Yeah. Like again, for a comic book movie to make me feel that poignantly about yeah. a character, 
that's a pretty incredible feat. And all the way through this, there were moments when I really felt it. There were moments when I laughed. It, it, it is a very good movie it in its own right. And it is, it is a real emotional roller coaster. I noticed actually, and I don't know whether this is something they perhaps will deal with in the next Spider-Man movie. You notice he puts his suit in kill mode. Yes. Um, in the final battle. So I don't know whether that's something perhaps he'll have to deal with in the next movie. So this is, of course, the second movie to be released after Stan yep. Lee's death. Yep. But clearly he's recorded at least two, and with rumour is possibly three cameos before he died. Yeah, I've seen conflicting stuff on that. For everyone who says, no, that that's it, that was his last cameo, there, there are people who are saying, no, 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 there's one in Spider-Man. So... Certainly, when he died, I saw reports that there were three. Yep. But th- again, some have said they are that there are two. Look, obviously, they didn't film this knowing that he was about to pass away. But it was a very low key moment. He just sort of, you know, driving past in the car, shouting at the army base. Yeah, it was incredibly low key, like real blinkety miss it. Which is a shame because his cameo in Captain Marvel yes. is phenomenally good. It is. That um, is much better. Where he's reading the Morat script. Yeah. That is really, really good. I mean, I look, I mean, we're both Kevin Smith fans, so... Yes. And, yeah, and, look. and the fact that Kevin Smith is now part of the MCU is, <laughs> is very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, that's great. But, yeah, look, I mean, yeah, tribute to Stan Lee, I guess. Mm. Do yourself a favour, Brody. Don't wait. Because all the money, all the women... Even all the comic books in the world, they can't substitute for that one person. I don't know, all the comics in the world? Trust me, true believer. Well, good talking to you. Keep up all the good work. You keep reading them. I'll keep writing them. So, final thing I want to talk about is just to get really fan-wanky and talk about some uh, offshoots and implications for where we go from here. Uh Some of which are rumours and some of which are speculation. And and some of which are, I guess, confirmed as well. Yeah. So So the big thing now is where does the Marvel Cinematic Universe go? They've had 22 movies. They've built up to a massive end. Well, one thing, just to jump in there, they have made a change because initially I believe this was to be the end of, in quotes, Phase 3. But they've now actually said the end of Phase 3 is Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm-hmm. So clearly, whatever is in there, and look, the, the trailer sets up obviously some of what we're going to see, but there is clearly a fair bit of stuff in there that is going to carry us forward into Phase 4. Yes, and I think that the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer confirms what the, not, not the big bad, but perhaps the big theme is going to be of Phase 4. Mm-hmm. And and what's going to be the equivalent, I guess, of the Infinity Stones yep. for, for the next phase. And that's going to be really interesting. In terms of characters and movies from here, Captain America has clearly been handed over to a, a new captain, uh, yep. to, to, to Falcon. Now, the question is, does he get his own Captain America movie, or will it just be, when they next assemble the Avengers, he is Captain America? In terms of the movies, I, I don't know whether you'd really hang a movie off Cap 2.0. Not to say, look, you know, he's an irrelevant character or anything, but you've had the big arc with Steve Rogers. The other thing is, Disney are about to release their online streaming service. Mm-hmm. And amongst some of the content they have, well, as far as I'm aware, it's confirmed. There is a Cap 2.0 and Bucky Barnes series. Yeah, I that's think true. it's a mini series. Yep. It's only like six or eight episodes, but it does sort of go through what happens next. Now, whether he then, I don't know, look, Black Panther gets into trouble in, in Black Panther 2 and, and Cap turns up, 
maybe, and that's how you do the movies. Yeah, so l- let's just jump off there. There are, of course, movies we know are coming. Spider-Man 2 is on its way. Yep. Uh, we know that there is a Black Panther 2 happening because yep. it made a billion dollars and yes, there was exactly. always going to be. Yep. We know that there is a Captain Marvel 2, two coming. Yep. That's probably the easier one because it, it's very easy to slot that in. Yeah, for sure. Bet- between her appearances um, here. Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Which yes. may or may not include Thor. Which may or may not include Thor. So Chris Hemsworth has said, look, I'm, I'm still keen to do stuff. Yeah. As long as it's the right stuff and he's having fun. There is a very strong rumour that Taika Waititi is back for another Thor. Now... That the, could be that could be really cool. There's speculation whether it's going to be basically a continuance of Thor Ragnarok, which is sort of Thor out in space doing all that stuff. Right. Or whether it's going to be set around New Asgard. Mm-hmm. Which, look, I'm up for either of those movies. Um, yeah, look, look, look. if it's the same tone as Ragnarok, I'm there as well. Yeah, look, any, I thought that was a lot of fun. Anything Taika Waititi does now is, is great, <laughs> and, and, and presumably Korg will be back, so that's even better. Yep. I'm made of rocks, as you can see, but don't let that intimidate you. You don't need to be afraid unless you're made of scissors. <laughs> Just a little rock, paper, scissor joke for you. That I am. Oh, well, I tried to start a revolution, but didn't print enough pamphlets, so hardly anyone turned up, except for my mum and her boyfriend, who I hate. But I'm actually organising another revolution. I don't know if you'd be interested in something like that. Do you reckon you'd be interested? (laughs) (laughs) So the other one that I want to mention is Iron Man. Now, if they're doing the next generation of Avengers, when I was in the cinema and I was walking at the funeral, I was going through, okay, that's that, that's that. And then it's like... Who, who, who's that kid? Yep. And I obviously wasn't the only one because when I went home and Googled who was the kid at the funeral, <laughs> there were all these posts. Yeah, it's funny, as, as did I. So it is apparently the kid from Iron Man 3. Right. That the yep. Tony Stark mentored and had that relationship yep. with. Yeah, and, and sent the box of tech to at the end of the movie. Yes. yes. Now, there is a rumour that because this was deliberately cast as an actual actor, not just a stand-in, right. that there is an intention to do something with his character. And Now, whether... He is being handed the suit in the way that Falcon was handed the shield. Again, would you hang a movie off that necessarily, though? Look, I think it could be a very interesting concept to see... Someone else. Someone else. In in that we've seen sort of middle-aged Tony Stark become Iron Mm. Man. What happens when a 17-year-old becomes Iron Man? Yeah, uh, because I'm wondering maybe again whether that's something that might be more small screen, because there is... Or, sorry to, to butt in there, but... Does he come into maybe Spider Man three, and yeah, and, and and now Spider Man gets to mentor maybe Iron Man maybe because there are a few more TV series. I'm fairly sure there was a Loki series announced, which I think some people have latched onto. That's what that's setting up where he grabs a tesseract in the movie and 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 teleports yeah, out. I, I think so because Loki was clearly killed in Infinity War mm. and wasn't unsnapped. No, so there is also a. And I know you said you didn't care about Vision, but uh, <laughs> there is a Vision and Scarlet Witch series yeah, I don't coming. Know how they're going to do that? Um, well, I think the stuff said it's set in the the, the couple of uh, photos that have been circulating looks like it's set in the 1950s. So whether there's a time travel element with it, and okay. I'm not sure. Um, so I'll, I'll be honest. That's of all the projects we've discussed, that's the one I'm least excited about. But I'll give it a go. Yeah, the the one actually I think really is the where do we go from here? Really, I think is the Hulk. Yeah, because I don't I don't know really what you do with the Hulk. Because I I'd be honest and say I don't really think any of the Hulk movies have worked. Hulk is a very difficult character to use in a movie because 
He's either not the Hulk, mm. or he's Hulk Smash. Yeah. We, we, we talk as Doctor Who fans about Daleks being hard to write dialogue for. The Hulk's even more difficult. Yeah. And, and they overcame that, obviously, in this episode, in this movie with the, the, the smart Hulk. Mm. Indeed. But, yeah, I'm not sure really what you would do with the Hulk from there. Yeah, I, I think that, frankly, Mark Ruffalo's just up and out of being a guest in other people's movies, really. Mm. I did get the feeling... And, and again, I know this has been murdered as a TV series. I really got the feeling from that movie that the Hawkeye story is done. He got his family back and look, he got to retire to his farm. And really, I just felt that that, that really is it for him. Yeah, and, and there are characters that I, you know, as much as I've enjoyed their journey, yeah. it's right to lay them down. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you don't want them about stay there welcome. I know there has been the suggestion, given the scene at the start of the movie where, you know, the, the, the Barton family are enjoying their family picnic, that he is obviously teaching his daughter how to shoot and she will be the next Hawkeye. But Yeah, okay. Yeah. As an aside, that's a very powerful opening to a movie. It is, actually. We didn't really talk about that. No, but, yeah, that, that was a very grim opening to the movie. It was, and I suppose also because one of the big questions out of Infinity War was, where is Hawkeye during all this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I suppose we do get to see exactly what happened to Hawkeye and how the snap affects him directly. Yes, and I don't know if they said that there's going to be an Ant-Man 3. I'd really hope there was, because I really enjoyed both of them. I'd Look, they're, they're a bit cheesy, but they're a lot of fun, the Ant-Man movies. Absolutely, there is a place for Ant-Man movies in this universe. Yep. Just as the same as DC has discovered there is a place for Shazam in, in, the, in their universe. And, and let me say, the DC universe is far better for the existence of Shazam Yep. Just a fun, very simple, but a very fun movie. Yeah, and, and staying with DC for a minute, I am really looking forward to the Joker movie. From the trailer, that looks wow. Yeah, look, there have been very few good DC movies for a while. Wonder Woman, I think, is the mm. exception. Uh, I enjoyed Aquaman, but it wasn't a great movie. Mm. Uh, it was a lot of movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fun. It's not something I'm desperate to see again. Mm. And look, their, their Batman and Superman movies recently have been pretty ordinary. Pretty ordinary. I mean, let, let, let's be honest. Justice League was terrible. Mm. Let, let's be honest. Uh, but look, I really enjoyed Wonder Woman. I really enjoyed Shazam for what it was. Yeah. And the Joker could be a real shot in the arm for them. Yeah, it, it sort of lays to rest, really, the thing like, we need more Jared Leto. <laughs> really, I mean... Well, well, that along with um, the fact that they're basically rebooting Suicide Squad completely after... Well, the film, yes, indeed. But we are, we are diverging into a more general discussion. Yeah, to, to the other side of the street, yes, yeah. that's right. So, look, we've chatted for about, about 40, 45 minutes, and I yep. think that's, that's good for a movie that went for three hours. Look, at the end of the day, as I said, I just wanted to have a chat about a movie I really enjoyed, and hopefully is been enjoyed by other Doctor Who fans. Yeah, look, this has been a lot of fun, actually, sit down and go through this. The Joker movie soon. Yes. And then uh, Star Wars 9. Yes, well. But before that, of course, Spider-Man Far From Home. I was looking forward to Spider-Man 2 before, because Spider-Man's probably my favourite of the, of the characters, yeah. and I really like Tom Holland's performance. Mm -hmm. Really like that performance. So I was already looking forward to that. Seeing the new trailer now, yep. it's, yeah, that looks really, really good. Yep, and given I've got an 11-year-old who's obsessed with Pokemon, I suspect Detective Pikachu will feature in my futures <laughs> as that's, well. That's your problem. <laughs> uh, final question, Richard. Yes. Talking about the box office, mm. the previous record for an opening weekend for any movie worldwide mm -hmm. was $640 million. Right. This, I know, has smashed that. This, this got $1.2 It right. smashed it. Yes. Given that this is coming out of the same year as Star Wars 9, mm -hmm. is this going to be the moment where 
Marvel replaces Star Wars as the franchise? Uh, I think so, yes. Because I think there is a little bit of trepidation about Star Wars 9. I must admit, I was impressed with the trailer we've seen. Yes. But, yeah, I think after The Last Jedi... I do think there is a bit of wariness probably going into this uh, into this one. And particularly Solo being the first Star Wars movie that technically didn't make a profit. Yes, indeed. And, and look, let me say, I enjoyed all of them. I enjoyed Seven, I enjoyed Eight, I enjoyed Solo. Yep. I really enjoyed um, Rogue, one. Rogue One. Yeah, well, we did say, I mean, we sat in and had a chat about Solo. We did say, I think now Solo was unencumbered from all the stuff it had to do. Yes. I actually think you could have told a really, just a really cool story in the second one. Yeah, I, th- I think the second Solo would have been really fun, but... But, I mean, again, look for Star Wars. Look, we're getting The Mandalorian on uh, on the Disney Channel uh, yeah. later in the year. And from all reports, it's sort of uh, Star Wars does Firefly, I think, by the by the look of it. Yeah, and that, that's a very cool concept that I'm looking forward to. Mm. But, but, yeah, look, I hope that Star Wars 9 is a big deal. I hope it does a billion dollars more. But I think that, for now, Marvel has stolen Star Wars. Yeah, I think so. I've had a lot of fun chatting about this, Richard. And, um, so have I. I'm sure we'll do these talks again sometime. Mm-hmm. So, um... Obviously, Richard and I will talk again about some movies in the future, but next up, if you're listening to this in order, is, of course, the May episode of the Doctor Who show, where we are talking about what special effects would you redo to make a story better. Wow, okay. I hope we'll get a couple of suggestions from you, Richard. I'll have a bit of a thing. (laughs) (laughs) But until then, I've been Dave. I'm Richard. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Alternate Galaxies, the podcast where Rob and Dave from the Doctor Who show take a look at other great sci-fi and fantasy that we think Doctor Who fans might like. You can reach us at hello at the dwshow.net, on Twitter at the dwshow, or on Facebook forward slash the dwshow. Alternate Galaxies is an irregular podcast, so stay tuned to the Doctor Who show and other programs on our feed to know when the next episode's coming. Our theme music is called Wretched Destroyer and is by Kevin McLeod. Find him at incompetech.com. Well, that's it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. I'll, I'll do the first cut. Right, yeah, Rob probably doesn't want to listen yeah. to this. <laughs> Hi, Rob, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs>